Purple, get ready to roll indeed. This is the College and Kimball podcast. I am your host, Jeff Burkhart, getting set to bring you, our wonderful listeners, yet another installment of Up Next. Texas Tech on deck for Kansas State. Both squads pulling off unexpected victories in their Big 12 openers. The Wildcats, of course, storming the Palace on the Prairie and toppling the sixth-ranked Oklahoma Sooners in Norman, 41-34, to the final in that contest. Texas Tech pulling off a feat of their own, upsetting Texas in Lubbock for the first time since 2008. Both teams now looking to make the move to 2-0 in conference play as we get set to dive into the heart of the Big 12 slate. Big things on the line this Saturday in Manhattan. With all that being said, let's go ahead and talk tech. Smith will keep it himself. Touchdown. Jonathan Garibay. The boot is away. And it's good. Walk-off win for the Red Raiders. 62 yards. Steven Rodriguez of the Talkin' Tech podcast is my guest. I only feel it's appropriate, Steven, that we go and revisit this past Saturday. First off here, Texas Tech looking like they were dead to right midway through the second half, but Joey McGuire's club rallies. Looked like they were going to have it sewn up in regulation, but Texas gets a late field goal to push it into overtime. But the Red Raiders' defense, of all things, rising up to get on a Bijan Robinson fumble. Texas Tech able to convert on their possession with a game-winning field goal to pull off the big-time upset over the Longhorns. Joey McGuire, I would imagine, had already endeared himself to a majority of the Texas Tech fans just by virtue of what he had accomplished on the recruiting trail to date. And the on-field performance has really been respectable, in my opinion. Their only loss to date is to a top-10 NC State team, but... I would imagine that beating Texas has to carry a lot of extra cachet and Texas Tech fans have to be feeling pretty high on life right now. Oh, yeah, man. Vibes are great. Vibes are great. Anytime you beat Texas, the vibes are good. And I mean, we've been doing a lot of that in the three major men's sports in 2022. I think we're we're uh, five and one against UT. But uh, yeah, football, it's obviously been way too long since we beat them in Lubbock. Uh, since the Crabtree game, that was the last time. So see, having our fans have that, you know, just being able to win at home has been something that we haven't seen as Texas Tech fans under Kingsbury or Wells. And so Joey already, I mean, uh, me and Tristan were talking about it on the podcast uh, this week. We, during our tenure, we were there from 14 to 18 and we didn't get one field rush. We didn't get one signature win, you know, and the freshmen coming in this year have already got to rush the field twice. Now, you know, uh, the field rush is a whole different topic, but yeah, man, I mean, th- it's important to beat Texas um, and it's just important to get home wins. And so uh, Joey's couldn't have started off better. Now you, you lead me right in the next question I was going to ask. I saw that tech got fined for the field rush. Anything you'd like to sound off on in that regard? <laughs> Man, I've always had the same opinion. Uh, I'm not going to judge a field rush, you know, uh, and I don't care. Let the kids have fun. Now, you know, obviously the video came out of the of the idiot that pushed the Texas player, and that's never okay. Nobody, any rational 
person would know that that's not okay. But when it comes to field rushing, it, it, it's like, you know, do you, do you not, uh, do you wait for the other team to get off? Then it doesn't make the field rush, you know, as important as significant because what starts off the field rush is that final buzzer going off and then everybody goes crazy. And so you can't really have that if it's not right away. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm always down for a field rush. I'm never, I'm, I'm not anti field rush by any means. Yeah. You definitely would love to think, Oh, of course, 55, 60,000 people. All right, guys, just wait. Let's, let's see the handshakes here. Sure. You know, everybody clear out and, uh, okay, now go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like, oh. how are you going to stop, you know, 40,000 people from <laughs> jumping off the field, man? Yeah. I mean, good luck. <laughs> if only, if only now that game it, it, again, tech has, I always think of tech as being just really aggressive and it was really kind of the, the change up, the contrarian. When I think about those leech teams back in the day where dude used to go for it on fourth down a bunch, he threw it around the yard in a big 12 conference where everybody just used to be three yards in a cloud of dust. And we saw a really aggressive approach by tech this past Saturday, six fourth down conversions. And to that point that I just raised about them doing it, I was like, surely that's a school record. Nope. Leach had done it in 2000. So is this, I I guess, do you, do you feel like this is just, was this him wanting to take chances in the right spots or was this more so this is who we are going to be now as with me as head coach. So get used to taking some chances and rolling the dice in some precarious spots. Yeah, I think it's more the I think it's more the latter of what you said. It's uh, Joey's an aggressive guy, and he said that from the very beginning. Him and Kitley were going to be very aggressive, uh, and you can tell on the third downs that they're going for it because they're not. If it's third and seven, third and eight, they're not going for eight yards. They're going, you know, for five or six to make that fourth down conversion a little easier. And a lot of those fourth down conversions were fourth and three, fourth and two fourth and four, you know, type of thing. So I, I think they build that into their game plan and they really wanted to be aggressive against Texas. Now, are they going to go for it on fourth down eight times every game? I don't think so. But, uh, you know, Joey knew he recognized the moment. He recognized how important this game would be to Texas Tech fans to win this one, which is probably going to be the last time UT plays in Lubbock in a long time. And uh, I think he just had that extra motivation to – uh, go for it. And I, I mean, specifically, I, I mean, he went for it on the 50 with two fifteen left in the game tie game. <laughs> he went for it on four to three. <laughs> I don't think a lot of, yeah, not a lot of coaches would do that. And, and Joey stuck to his guns and uh, you know, Donovan found miles price and eventually set up the field goal that should have won the game. But yeah, I I'm, I'm, you know, you're thrilled when it works out for you and you're aggressive uh, and you're not so thrilled when it doesn't, but I like I like the aggressive nature so, so far that Joey's shown. He became just the third coach in program history to record multiple victories over top 25 opponents in his inaugural season. As I said, this is a Texas Tech program that certainly looks like it's ascending and heading in the right direction. And I wanted to dive a little bit deeper into the makeup of the team that is, specifically looking at the offense. We talked about it during that offseason preview that we recorded many moons ago. Zach Kitley brought on as offensive coordinator. We all knew Texas Tech was going to revert back to their old ways, just going out there and slanging it. And appropriately, Tech right now, third nationally in passing yards per game at 363 per contest. 
Tyler Shuck, the Oregon transfer, does win the quarterback position battle, but he has since suffered an injury. Donovan Smith, who I knew you were pretty high on going into the season, he has since stepped in and done so quite admirably. What has he given this team after taking over as QB1? Donovan has that, and like a bunch of Tech fans are saying, Donovan has that dog in him. He really does. He's He provides a physical run capability that the other two don't and you've seen them utilize that a lot in the early on in the season i mean uh fourth and four you know you just give that ball to donovan and he runs into three guys and somehow makes it to the end zone uh it's it's impressive what he's done and, and his composure has been something that you don't see out of a sophomore very often he's just immediately yeah he'll throw he's thrown two pick sixes already this season but the next play is the next play and he's it's out of out of sight out of mind and he goes and you know Houston he threw a pick six and ended up winning the game uh UT he limited his mistakes but he was so composed in the pocket I mean UT got some great pressure on us a lot and um it's just something about Donovan Smith that you just feel comfortable with him um and uh, I've always felt that, uh, and and it showed against Texas. Now, I know one thing, kind of one of those trademarks of the Tech offense is you never really know who the ball is going to, and, and frankly, it doesn't even matter. And you, you touched on Miles Price, and he's the, obviously the leader in terms of receptions and yards. Who else outside of him is really emerged in that wide receiver room? Because I've seen a couple of names pop up, but, you know, you look at box scores and it doesn't necessarily tell that whole story. Who do you feel is like really actually popping in that wide receiver core? Yeah. It seems like a different guy every game, you know, early on they were, they were throwing it to the wideouts pretty often. Loic Fungi was getting involved. Um, Jaran Bradley was getting involved, but it's really been the miles price show the last couple of games. Um, And, and the most exciting thing for me, because this is something we haven't seen uh, from Texas tech is getting the tight ends involved. Uh, you saw that against Texas Baylor cup. I think he caught four for 65 and a touchdown. Mason Tharp is getting involved in the receiving game more. Um, so it, yeah, miles price and Nehemiah Martinez are your two slot guys that uh, you're really seeing Donovan likes to go to um, especially uh, because our offensive line uh, prior to UT was really shaky. I mean, it wasn't great. So he had to get the ball out quick and uh, who better to get it to than your quick speedy guys right there in the slot. But, um, yeah, uh, Miles Price has, has really kind of shown who he can be. Uh, I think he was targeted 17 times against Texas, caught 13 of them. So uh, we've seen uh, a Zach Kitley offense in the past, uh, you know, really lock in on guys like Miles Price last year at Western Kentucky with uh, Jarrett Stearns. He just they just threw the ball to him <laughs> so much. I think he led in receptions. I think he might have led the entire uh, FBS. But um, yeah, uh, Miles Price right now is is the guy who's who's probably the most involved in the receiving core. But um, I think just depending on the game plan, he's he, he's going to go to the hot hand. You brought up the offensive line, and, and this is so difficult to judge when you're running the, the bona fide air raid offense. And you look at things like sack rate, sacks mm-hmm. allowed, and things of that nature, and Texas Tech's pretty high or mm-hmm. low, I guess, depending on how, how you want to look at the number. But uh, I guess w- – how do you come away feeling about what the offensive line has provided Donovan in terms of just overall protection thus far? Cause usually you're running a lot of four wide and five wide sets. So it, it, those guys are going to be on islands. So do you yeah. feel like the offensive line has done a reasonably good job of holding up against pressure so far? 
they did a good job against Texas. Texas was their best showing of the year. Um, Houston, uh, they were they were pretty bad, to be quite honest with you, against Houston. I think they let Derek Parrish alone get uh, four and a half sacks himself. And so, um, you know, Caleb Rogers, it's his first uh, it's his first year starting at the left tackle position, and you can tell um, he's just uh, he just hasn't really gotten it down yet. And I, I think he can. He's still a, a younger guy. Um, but we've had a lot of switch up from the offensive line uh, from last year. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, we have on the right tackle there. Monroe Mills is a new guy. Uh, Dennis Wilburn at center is a new guy. Uh, our our uh, right tackle, Landon Peterson's a new guy. So uh, really the only returners we had are, are Weston Wright and Caleb Rogers. And, um, you know, it's it's been shaky to start, but it seems like um, Coach Hamby, the offensive line coach over here who – uh, used to play at Texas Tech was the center during the Crabtree game. Um, is he's really getting those guys together, and um, uh, they really seem to be meshing better as the season's gone on because it was rough against uh, Houston and NC State. I granted two great defensive lines on those teams, but I thought they held it down and held their own against Texas. Offense really hasn't been the, the, any kind of major problem for 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 tech today yeah yeah you run up against nc state with a pretty formidable defense and whatnot you, you take the loss there but again a, a showing I, I think most fans of any big 12 school because i feel like all big 12 schools kind of have their warts this year so mm-hmm. you, you take that loss but all in all i think texas tech the offense again you don't sweat that too much defensively i, I think this group has acquitted itself quite nicely through the first handful of games here and i think i, I would imagine you as a Texas Tech guy is probably just looking at that as are all Red Raider fans just thinking, God, this is all we've needed for the last however yeah. many years. We were sitting here ringing teams up for 45, 50 points every <laughs> week, and we're giving up 52. And I, I guess what, at a high level, how do you come away feeling about what your your defense has given you today? Uh, thrilled, to be quite honest with you. Um, you know, our defense played well enough in that NC state to win that game. And our offense just had a poor showing Uh, Donovan wasn't great. And um, you know, that's part of the reason we lost that game, Houston, you know, the same type of thing. I thought they played a phenomenal game. Uh, And then UT uh, first half uh, didn't come out all that great. You know, we gave up some big plays, but um, uh, you look at uh, a player like Tyree Wilson, who is just a menace, you know, whether, uh, may, he may not get the the sack numbers, but he's affecting the game so much with just being a big body and being a, being double teamed every time and all that. Krishan Merriweather has has caused big fumbles um, at the linebacker position. I think he's your leading tackler. Um, you know, Reggie Pearson's playing well. Malik Dunlap's playing well uh, on the on the safety and cornerback positions. But um, overall, I think what Tim DeRuiter's done so far with Texas Tech, I, I don't think you could have asked much more. Um, now, we, we have been prone to give up some big plays early on this season, um, and we do need to work on that. Some blown coverages here or there. But, um, man, I mean, you're, you're kind of thrilled with how they've held it down. They were putting some really, really poor positions in that NC State game. And uh, uh, they really, I mean, played their best. I, I'm, I was, I was thrilled after the NC State game because of how our defense played. Not, and obviously we lost, and you know that stinks. But um, just coming out of that and 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 seeing them consistently go out with the effort and um, uh, seeing uh, seeing our players play so well has been really nice on the defensive side. 
Deruder's definitely been around the block, so it's not a huge surprise, at least in my estimation, to see this Texas Tech defense leveling up the way that it has here through the first handful of games. And I think at a much higher level, McGuire is instilling a level of confidence and resolve that this program just frankly hasn't had. And it's what you need to have if you want to go on the road and try and steal games like the Red Raiders are going to attempt to do this coming Saturday as they get set to come in Manhattan and square off against the Wildcats. The big question in my mind, and I'd like to get your perspective on this, the hangover element is obviously going to be there for both teams who do you feel is going to be most adversely affected by that going into this game? You know, it's, it's, it's tough to tell so early in Joey's tenure, how we're going to respond after a big win. You know, you could look Valid. at Houston and be like, that was a top 25 win at the time. You know, that's a big win at home. And then you go to NC state and your offense just really struggles. But again, that's your first away game under Joey McGuire and you're up against the top 10 NC state team. So uh, you know, it's it's just such a small sample size, and we don't really know how a McGuire team is going to come. You know, come into the next game after getting such a big win over Texas, um, Kansas State. We've kind of seen them not get up. You know, for for a game this season against Tulane, and uh, that was unfortunate. But then you see them respond. So you could look at that and be like, "Well, Kansas State learned their lesson against Tulane. They're, they they got to come out and wake up for every game." So. Um, you know, I expect both of these teams, and this is honest to God, I expect both these teams to come out and play their hardest because I think they're both really well-coached programs, and I think they are they don't have that mentality of, uh, hey, we're just playing, you know, an unranked team or, or a Texas Tech or, you know, we're, it's not Oklahoma, it's not, tech, it's not Oklahoma State or whatever. We're going to get up for, for every game from now on, and I think Kleiman's got y'all's team in a great spot. I think Joey's got our team in a great spot. Yeah, I was just talking to my co-host about that on, on our show. And, and honestly, it, it's a game in which I, I think K-State, as you just touched on, the fact that you got smacked by a, a Tulane team that while they played a, a decent game defensively against you, I think most K-State fans and I think most college football fans would say if those two teams met again, same circumstances, the Wildcats probably handle business sure. and do it pretty comfortably. So I, I think the fact that K-State, Oklahoma, K-State, Oklahoma, you can say that's a, a rivalry, if you will. But if you look at the all-time score, <laughs> the all-time <laughs> history there and whatnot, some of the scores, those are pretty one-sided. So it's it's been a, a recent rivalry, if you will. And I thought, you know, I, I think Texas beating Texas, the flagship in the Lone Star State, that's big. But again, in the same breath, to your point, I think I, I don't foresee either team really just coming out and being lethargic and not really putting forth their best foot here because I think both teams know that there's still a lot to play for here. And yeah. I think it's going to be a, a hell of a game this Saturday. And another thing that I, I wanted to ask about just in terms of the recent history in this series, K-State has, these games have been very tight. They've been competitive the last handful of meetings. I know K-State's taken six straight and 10 out of the last 11. I, I guess, does that bother tech fans because as i mentioned i feel like these two programs are very much on the level their peers they sure. and i know tech recruits at a higher level but in the same breath they're thought of it like in the same kind of context and their overall pecking order in the big 12 what what does this series i guess mean to the average texas tech fan and, and i guess is it does it stick in the craw of the average tech fan the fact that k-state's taken 10 out of the last 11 yeah no i mean just to to first start off on that one, uh, there we all. I think I agree with you 
very much so on what you said earlier is that there's such a mutual respect amongst these fan bases. Uh, you know, there's no hate from Texas Tech to Kansas State. There's no hate Kansas State to Texas Tech. Um, you know, and that's a that's a really cool thing to have because both of these programs, I think, when you look at the grand scheme, are very even. Um, you know, just in in terms of uh, you know the the kind of recruits we get the um, the the fan bases are just very passionate. They're kind of out in, in uh, a, a place that people wouldn't expect uh, there to be a lot of big college football fans and, and two just really passionate fan bases. And that's what I love about this matchup. And then obviously what I don't love about this matchup is that we've lost 10 out of the last 11 and there's really, there's no excuse for that. Um, but it, you just look at the coaching. At that point, I mean, you go from Bill Snyder to to, to climbing. You you don't have a lot of uh, you don't have a lot of bad coaches in between there. And uh, you know, we've had two pretty poor, well, three if you count Tuberville, um, th- Tuberville, Cliff, and Wells were just really poor coaching hires. <laughs> and um, you're seeing what a good coach and what you know. It's obviously very early uh, into McGuire's tenure, but you just see what a, what a coach can do in Lubbock and what a coach can do for this program. And I think Joey's just about, you know, it's like he was molded to be Texas Tech's head coach. Um, so yeah, the rivalry itself is, from my perspective, it's really fun. I love playing Kansas state. I know we we've gotten our butt whooped um, against y'all in, in the last, you know, decade or so, but where um, I, I get really excited for this game because I, I just have such a respect for the, for the K state fan base. And I put, thank you, by the way, for retweeting the uh, the poll. And we got yeah. uh, we got almost 300 people to weigh in on that. And 84.6 percent of the voters said that uh, Tech is our West Texas brother. So uh, again, <laughs> I think there is a, there's a, a pretty fair amount of mutual respect between these two. And again, uh, you, you know, the 10 out of the last 11 is really crazy. And and honestly, the last handful of meetings, everything it, it comes down to one or two plays being made sure. by the Wildcats and that's what's really been the difference. So uh, as far as this game coming up on the Saturday, can I get you on record for a score prediction? How do you feel that this one's going to play out? Yeah. So uh, I think what I predicted earlier, I could be getting this wrong, but I think I said uh, I, I I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, you know, we're now three and one. And so we're coming off a, a win over Texas. So I predicted Texas tech to win. Um, but if you look back at our, our preseason predictions, I've predicted everything for Texas Tech correctly so far. I in in the preseason before the season even started, I said we're going to be three and one, and then we're going to lose to Kansas State, and we're going to lose to Oklahoma State because we have two away games, and we're going to start three and three. That's what I said before the season. Now <laughs> I'm a little more bullish. I've watched. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I've watched this team play. I think it's going to be a close game regardless. I don't think either team is going to blow out the other. Um, The fact that it's at 11 a.m. makes me feel a little better. I know Kansas State, I think, made the decision to play at 11 a.m. But I I just, you know, you get them early. You start up, maybe you catch them sleeping a little bit, and you just start off strong. Uh, So that excites me a little bit. I think, uh, you know, if I'm giving a score prediction, I think I'll I'll go 34-28 tech. Uh, finally <laughs> getting that monkey <laughs> off our back and beating, beating the Wildcats. No, you early, I'll tell you, is big starts early on. That was 
pivotal for K-State in beating Oklahoma. They got up 14-0, and then the Sooners were chasing that all game long, and they were off balance on defense because of what K-State did on those first couple series. That was that was huge. And, and to your point, yes, uh, I think every – as a fan, you love 11 a.m. kickoffs because you can roll – straight from college game day to your game. Yeah. And when your team's on the road, you don't have to sweat getting up at five in the morning to get out there to watch it or whatever. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And, and, and you are right in this, in that K-State did request that kick time. Bizarre in my mind, just because yeah. our fans have been so vocal about hating 11 a.m. kickoffs, but mm-hmm. Hey man, that's, that's above my pay grade. I don't make the three and a half plus million dollars <laughs> that Kleiman makes. So that that's their call. And you know, for K-State fans, hopefully they show up and make a, uh, make a difference as far as the atmosphere goes. It's supposed to be a sellout. We're, we're a couple scattered singles left, but it should de- definitely be a great game as uh, both squads look to go to 2-0 and in Big 12 play on the young season. So, Stephen, my man, appreciate all your time. As always, before I do cut you loose, uh, go ahead and tell our listeners where can they find you guys on Twitter and where can they uh, t- check out all your content. Yeah, absolutely. If, uh, uh, you know, you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow us at Talking Tech Pod. Um, we, we, we're pretty active, uh, especially on game day, maybe when we've had a, a couple uh, a couple brewskis or two. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you can follow us on Twitter there. And then, obviously, the Talking Tech Podcast, we're everywhere you can find your podcasts. Um, you know, we're part of a great podcast network with The Nation. Um, you can follow them at Guns Up Nation. And uh, there's a bunch of other great podcasts that we're partnered with on that. So, uh, you know, if you're really interested in getting some more Texas Tech content, come, and, come on by. We're here for you. And uh, like I said, you know, we love Kansas State fans. We really do. I think our fan bases are so similar and uh, two really passionate fan bases. And we really hate the other teams that are in our state. So, uh, you know, we, we really root for y'all. Uh, we really root for y'all when y'all are playing Kansas uh, because it's just uh, it's it's that little brother, big brother BS that I just despise so much. But, um, yeah, you know, we, we, uh, we absolutely root for the Wildcats when we can. Not this weekend, but when we can. Shout out again to Steven Rodriguez of the Talking Tech podcast. I greatly appreciate him coming on and joining me here on College and Kimball. Again, you can find him on Twitter at L underscore S underscore Rodriguez. The show account is at Talking Tech Pod. And I have to mention the co-host, Tristan McGonigal. The three of us were trying to connect earlier in the week. And Tristan, I know you were available, my man, and I had to move this interview a couple of times. So my apologies to you, but I'm sure the three of us will get together and reconnect sometime here in the not-so-distant future. That being said, also make sure you follow Tristan McGonigal at Tristy Mick. That's T-R-I-S-T-Y-M-C. As we've learned throughout the course of the offseason in these first couple of weeks into the college football season, Texas Tech Twitter is pretty damn funny, and they are no exception. So make sure you give those guys a follow. That is going to wrap up this edition of Up Next. We appreciate the download and or stream on whatever your preferred app is. Follow us on Twitter if you haven't done so already. It's at college underscore Kimball. Appreciate those of you who weighed in on the Twitter poll we put out earlier in the week. We're also going to be soliciting questions here in the next couple of days. There's a bye week just around the corner for our Wildcats. So just be on the lookout for that. And as I said, follow us on Twitter if you haven't done so already. With all that being said, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this one up the way that I always do. Cats fan, if you know, you know.